Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. Good morning. I am Pastor Gillespie at St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us this morning for our Congregation of Prayer and Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer. Uh, if you haven't joined us previously, just to remind you that this is uh, an order of prayer that uh, was provided to our congregation each week on Sunday uh, to help guide their prayer throughout the week so that they can uh, remain close uh, to the Lord and his word. And then also it's used for our devotional curriculum for uh, our day school so that each morning, or I think in some cases evening or afternoon, I should say, the children will uh, pray in the same way with their homeroom teacher in the school. So, uh, again, as we talked about yesterday, we are in John 14, going into chapter 15, and our Lord's Catechesis on the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, but also the relationship of the Father and the Son and the Spirit um, in all things, but especially in regards to your salvation. We begin... In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the heavens for food, the flesh of your faithful to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water, all around Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them. We have become a taunt to our neighbors, mocked and derided by those around us. How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your anger on the nations that do not know you, and on the kingdoms that do not call upon your name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his habitation, Do not remember against us our former iniquities. Let your compassion come speedily to meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and atone for our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nation say, Where is their God? Let the avenging of the outpoured blood of your servants be known among the nations before our eyes. Let the groans of the prisoners come before you, according to your great power. Preserve those doomed to die. Return sevenfold into the lap of our neighbors, the taunts with which they have taunted you, O Lord. But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Before we go forward, uh, I did, did a little search to see um, 
what Dr. Luther, Martin Luther, had to say about this psalm. Uh, it's interesting. His, his psalm lectures come from early in his ministry. Um, well, actually, while he was still, I would say, a uh, medieval Roman Catholic um, in 1514, 1515, and some of his earliest lectures. Uh, but he does return to this psalm in particular, Psalm 79, uh, in, a, in a writing from 1541. Um, so this is, uh, in, you know, in his last few years of his life. And uh, he actually instructs the German people to pray this psalm in, in the context of what was going on in 1541. Here's what the, the introduction to the work says. Nine days before the death of King John Zapolia of Hungary in June 1540, Queen Isabella bore him a son. Around this son ensued intrigue for the throne of Hungary between Ferdinand of Austria, who wanted to extend his kingdom, and the Hungarian National Party, which championed the infant son. Both sought the favor of the Sultan of Turkey, Suleiman the Great, but the Sultan intervened with force. Seizing the opportunity afforded by this disunity, he invaded Hungary and brought it under his rule. Now once again, the much-feared Turkish army stood at the borders of the German territory. Budapest was in Turkish hands, and the Sultan had turned the cathedral into a mosque. The troops of Ferdinand had been cut down mercilessly, and only remnants had escaped across the border to Austria. Elector John Frederick, through contacts in Hungary, learned of the disaster within a few days. He feared the worst, that the Turks would move up the Danube into Germany itself. This time, with Ferdinand's army destroyed, how could Vienna withstand another siege, as in 1529? Right, and there's more that you could read there. Uh, so what Luther actually says, uh, he writes at the request um, of his elector, uh, well, how should the German people respond? And the document is called an appeal for prayer against the Turks, right? Um, and we know that the, the Turkish armies, the Sultan, of course, was uh, a Muslim. So these are invading um, Muslims in particular. Um, and I'll, I'll spare you <laughs> the lengthy part of the document. But again, what he says is, uh, what should you do? You know, now you will ask, what should we do? Should we despair and let things take their course? Shall we simply let the Turk take over without any opposition or resistance? God does not command me even to suggest that, especially not to give up in despair. He wants us to go the middle path and not to stray either to the left or to the right. As the Psalter says, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Without any doubt, God is displeased and angry with those who do not heed his word or fear him and with those who do not put their trust in him but surrender to fear and despair. There is a way out for us. If only we will listen to God and take his counsel, namely, that we, as I have pointed out, begin to fear God and trust in his mercy. If we do that, we know that neither Turk nor devil can harm us. For if God is for us, who is against us? Uh, and then he goes on to say how the Turk is actually God's schoolmaster who's disciplining them um, so that they would fear God and pray. If you really want help and guidance, let us repent and change those evil ways which I described before. Princes and rulers are to see that justice prevails in the land. All right. Um, and then I wanted to give you the section where he talks about this psalm in particular. All right. And, and he goes on to explain how um, in times of need, God's people of old um, cry out in prayer. Uh, and he gives lots of examples of this. All right, so I have to scroll. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. <laughs> Excuse me. 
He also cites uh, John 14, 12, 14, which we had yesterday. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. All right. Here's his, here's his directions to the, to the German people. As I've taught so often, we should not tempt God. That is, we should not determine the when and where and why or the ways and means and manner in which God should answer our prayer. Rather, we must in all humility bring our petition before him who will certainly do the right thing in accordance with his unsearchable and divine wisdom. By, but by no means doubt that God hears our prayer, even if it may appear that he does not do so. The angel Gabriel says in Daniel 8, At the beginning of your supplication, the command went forth. And Daniel's prayer was answered in much greater measure than he had even dared to ask. All this, I say, has been clearly taught in the Catechism, as with many other books and pamphlets. This is the way each one of us ought to pray in this present Turkish crisis. The people need to be challenged to earnest devotion through public prayer in the churches. It has been my practice with permission of the pastors and the congregation to chant Psalm 79 after the sermon on Sunday, either at the morning or the evening service or alternately. Then a choir boy with a good voice may step forward and sing as a solo the antiphon, quote, Lord, not according to our sins. After that, a second choir boy may chant the other antiphon, quote, Lord, do not remember the iniquities of our forefathers. Following that, the whole choir, kneeling, may sing, Help us, O God. And let us remember to do it very reverently, as we used to do during Lent in the days when we were still under the domination of the papacy. The words fit so well with our situation with the Turks, if one will only follow them with with feeling. Thereupon, Thereupon the congregation... Uh, when desired, may sing, Grant us peace, or the Lord's Prayer in German. Or one could alternate Psalm 79 with Psalm 20, in which we pray for our government and for those bearing the brunt of the battle. If it would seem that such prayer is too long after the sermon, one could use it in place of the intro or include it in the communion. As a general prayer in the crisis, it would serve the purpose well. But if anyone is desirous of praying by himself, either at home or in the church, and seems to have difficulty in framing his petition, let him use the Lord's Prayer, or if he desires, he may use the following prayer or one similar to stir his heart to devotion. I was struck by all of this um, in context of the psalm, because the psalm is praying against um, a named enemy, well, unnamed, but um, earthly enemies, right? Um, Foreign nations that come to destroy the Lord's inheritance. And uh, right now we're, we're fighting against an unnamed enemy, well, at least named COVID-19 is the disease and SARS-CoV-2 is the virus, but um, unseen and um, invading <laughs> with without really, um, well, we just can't see where it's going and why. I guess we can track uh, where people are ill. But the appropriate response is the same response that Luther had to um, the Turkish uh, armies under Suleiman the Great that were at the doorsteps of Vienna again, is to pray against the sultan, and and actually pray that God would um, restrain the enemy for the sake of His name, for the sake of faith. All right, and there is this, um, I think, unfortunate situation right now where um, the thing that that some have forgotten to do is actually to trust in God. <laughs> they trust in uh, the CDC or their state or local government. They trust um, in the experts. They trust in scientists who all have wisdom. Um, but in doing so, they put maybe too much trust in them and fail to call out to God in prayer. So again, that's why uh, from day one, <laughs> we've been praying each day uh, and praying that the Lord uh, remember us and show his compassion and mercy upon us.
we are the sheep of his pasture. All right, so that was a little bit of a long catechesis on that text, but I thought it would be helpful. Our memory verse for this week, we say together, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45. Catechism, uh, and this is actually commandments 1 through 10, not just 4 through 10. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And now uh, to workers of all kinds. Um, In the ancient world, they would be called slaves, but not American slaves, by the way. We say it together. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is upon you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, serving, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or he is free. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. First reading is continuation from Chronicles 16. And again, this is the song of praise that the people sang out at the dedication of the tabernacle that was set up in Jerusalem by David. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as an allotment of your inheritance, when you were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. When they went from one nation to another, and from one kingdom to another, he permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. There ends the reading. And uh, our gospel continuation narrative reading is from John chapter 14. I'm going to go back a couple verses and cover 23 and 24 again. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, and for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you will believe. 
I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he is nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, as and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. There ends our reading. Again, quite intentionally, we went back to verse 23-24 for a little bit of a review. Um, and I think that's because the um, these verses... Uh, we do well to take to heart, but we also do well to understand correctly, um, not even necessarily in the way it's translated in, say, the NIV or the New King James here. To recap, do you remember this word that he says, um, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. What is that word keep here in New International Version is translated as obey. He will obey my word. Um, what was a, probably a better translation for this? That's right. I, I think I said hold fast or treasure. Uh, my children uh, reminded me last night that in our church windows, we have icons at the top of each window. And the icon on the pulpit side, right in front of the uh, balcony, is an anchor, right? And it's this. it's because of this word, you know, hold fast. If anyone loves me, he will hold fast to my word. This is important again for us to understand so that we know the love that, um, that we have for Jesus. That it's through the love of Christ that we hold on to his word and what he teaches. Right? The love that he gives us. Who comes through the word and teaching of Jesus? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and... My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. We talked about this yesterday. Um, those those pronouns, both nominative and possessive. Uh, what is that? Third person plural, right? We will come to him and make our home with him, indicating the Holy Trinity. Who do these words belong to? Again, as we said yesterday in verse 24. The word which you hear is not mine, that is Jesus's, but the father's who sent me. When is another time that these pronouns are used? See if you remember from yesterday, that we make, will come to him and make our home with him. That's right, from Genesis 1, uh, I believe verse 26. Let us make man in our image. What name is given to the uh, Holy Spirit in verse 26? These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, that's right, the Holy Spirit. Um, that word for helper, again, is paraclete, can be translated as comforter or also as advocate. What will the Holy Spirit do for the apostles? As Jesus indicates in verse 26, what will he do? He will, verb, teach you all things. And second verb, bring to your remembrance, remind you of what Jesus has said. And then according to verse 27, what comes with the <laughs> teaching of, of, of Jesus' words and the remembrance of what he has said? That's right. Peace comes through the preaching of the gospel. Right? We don't want to separate verse 26 and 27. That peace that he gives to them is through his word by working by the Spirit. Why would the disciples be glad that Jesus was going to the Father? Yep, 
He says in verse 28, you have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. Uh, when did he say that? Just actually a few verses before. Um, let me pull that up here. Verse, oh yeah, it was verse uh, 20, excuse me, verse 15. All right, so this is what he said yesterday. If you love me, keep my commandments. We talked about that. Keep my word. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. There's the spirit again. That he may abide with you forever. All right. So you heard me say <laughs> um, that, oh, see, I'm having problems again. Uh, you have heard me say uh, that I am going away and coming back to you. Why would the disciples be glad, though? Because they would receive from him the Holy Spirit. According to verse 30, who is coming into the world? Or who is coming for Jesus? That's right. The devil, the prince of this world, who's a, uh, always in the background, uh, working, um, does not make himself overtly known, um, but works, they say, through Judas, as we hear in the upper room. How does the world learn that Jesus loves his father? The world may know that I love the father. How? As the father gave me commandments, so I do. Yeah, the world learns that Jesus loves his father because he's done what the father commanded. Think of um, that memorable Verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, God the Father, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Here's a brief meditation on this text. True love for God is not a good feeling about God or an emotional connection. The true love of God holds fast to his word, which proclaims Jesus Christ as the one who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Only through the word does the Holy Spirit create faith and cause us to remember everything that Jesus has done for us as the only redeemer of the world. Jesus fulfilled his father's will by becoming the lamb who was willingly slain for us upon the cross. Our Lord loved his father for he truly or he trusted only in the word of his father even in the hour of his death. Not my will but thy will be done. The father then raised him from the dead even as he had promised. We receive peace from the proclamation of the death and resurrection of Christ that overcomes the prince of this world and assures our troubled hearts that we do not need fear him. Very good. Our hymn for this week is You Are the Way Through You Alone. And will and mine. 
You are the truth, your word alone, true wisdom can impart. You only can inform the mind and purify the heart. You are the life, the empty tomb proclaims your conquering heart. And those who put their trust in you, not death nor hell shall harm. You are the way, the truth, the life, grant us that way to know. That truth to keep, that life to men, whose joys eternal we confess together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray our collect for this week together. O God, you make the minds of your faithful to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Also intended to pray yesterday for mothers uh, in light of Mother's Day on Sunday, but uh, due to the technical difficulties, I neglected to do so. So we'll pray today. For all mothers in whom we were fearfully and wonderfully made, who cradled us under their hearts, who suffered sickness, swollen feet, and prenatal kicking, let us give thanks to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Eve, the mother of us all, in whose womb all our human stories begin, the first mother to spill tears from a broken heart onto the soil of her child's grave. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Mary, the mother of our Lord, who believed the word of God preached to her by an angel, from whose breast the Creator himself was nourished, whose heart was pierced to see her son die, and leapt with joy to see him alive again. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For stepmothers, who love and care for another woman's child as her own, for grandmothers and great-grandmothers who pass on wisdom and spoil little ones with prodigal grace. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all mothers, young and old, in whose bodies the astonishing miracle of human life has its genesis, without whom none of us would live, from whom many of us learned what sacrificial love truly is, let us give thanks to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. Let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. We give thanks to the Lord for his many blessings, especially for the gift of life. Rosemary Grace Allen, born to Sarah Allen. For ongoing healing for Dick Horn. For the graduation of our young people, especially Tori Colway. We ask the Lord's caring hand upon those who are struggling with illness, including Carol, Marcella, Jan, Brad, Janet, Carol, Chris, and Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, and Brian. We ask the Lord to visit and comfort those who are isolated and sheltered due to being in nursing facilities, especially Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev. We ask the Lord's comfort upon those who grieve, especially for the Rush family at the death of Michelle's father, Michael Orth. And we pray for all those who serve in the church, especially those serving abroad in the midst of this pandemic, the Federowitz family. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me, or that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Well, there we have it. We made it without uh, any significant technical difficulties today after yesterday. That's good to see. Uh, Lord be with you all and keep you safe. Just a reminder, though, uh, before you leave, that tomorrow evening at 7.30 p.m. Central, if you're on Eastern Time, uh, join us for our online Bible study via Zoom, where we study 1 Corinthians. Uh, We'll be in chapter 5 tomorrow. We get into uh, some of the more challenging um, aspects, I think, of that book. But Uh, join us again. And if you're not able to join us in the evening, of course, you can watch it on replay, uh, probably beginning Thursday morning or so. All right. Uh, Also, um, a special prayer uh, for us as we begin to consider how we might mm, reopen uh, in the days and weeks uh, and months ahead. Um, Hopefully, our state will follow um, our neighboring states and uh, once again, be allowed (laughs) to gather in corporate worship. So keep us in your prayers. Lord be with you all, and we'll see you tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.